Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we have a great show for you today. We are going to talk about another industry, but it's a huge industry out there in the world, the landscaping industry. And we've sold a lot of businesses in this uh, in this industry throughout the years here at Transworld. And it's a great business. It really is a good business. I mean, Jessica, you're seeing that in uh, Colorado, right? Yeah. I mean, actually, as we're sitting here and it's snowing outside, landscaping still a huge industry for us. Um, during the summer, a lot of the landscapers do your traditional lawn care services, but then you also have the second season or snow removal too. So I think it changes from market to market, but overall landscaping is a very stable industry all across every market in the U.S. Yeah. I spoke to the U.S. lawns uh, franchising uh, convention. And it was funny, I was speaking to a lot of the different franchisees about valuation. Uh, and a lot of them were talking about the white stuff makes more money than the green stuff. So uh, plowing is a huge uh, business. And in fact, some of them have really almost abandoned some of their, uh, some of their landscaping activities, because they do make so much money uh, in the northern region of the United States, uh, plowing snow. But you know, that being said, uh, it is a huge business here in Florida, of course, in the tropical region. Uh, the grass always grows, as uh, Mike Shea says. We have a great interview from Michael Shea uh, talking about, uh, and uh, he talks about how fast it grows. I mean, there's a lot of uh, cool things about, uh, you know, landscaping and all the offshoot uh uh, all the offshoot businesses, uh, the tree trimming, the architecture, the planning, the construction, it, it, it really is a big business. Yeah, it's a, it's a big business. It's a right for opportunity to do roll-ups and acquisitions if you're already in the industry. And I know Mike talks a, a little bit about that too. And then John Herbert, who I interviewed Recently, um, he's owned a landscaping and lawn care business for years and recently acquired another one from us. So he he talks a little bit too about that roll-up strategy, but there's so many additional services and markets that you can add on if you have an existing company in the industry. Um, you know, and we've talked about, we had the growth through acquisitions show. So this is just diving a little bit deeper into uh, the landscaping industry. And, you know, I think Mike and John both have personal experience that they're sharing on the episode. Yeah, Mike has sold a lot of landscaping businesses and owned one as well. So he talks about why and how he did their growth strategy. And listen, some of the biggest companies in the world uh, are in the landscaping business, including Berkshire Hathaway, uh, and they are growing through acquisition. And uh, this is a no-brainer for landscapers. They can easily grow through acquisition, and there's going to continue to be um, – opportunities. And we, and I think it was the growth through acquisition show that we had Randy brings clients on, uh, from Threckle floor, uh, Threckle, uh, landscaping. And, uh, they've done just such a great job of growing their company as well. They just closed on another business too. 
And speaking of acquisition, I mean, there's really some good values out there. I mean, going back to valuation, the landscaping industry is pretty typical um, that we've talked about in the valuation shows before. Um, but we see about an average of, you know, 1.4, 1.5 times SDE. But again, it goes back to the quantity and quality of earnings. So the larger the company, the larger the multiple is going to be. Um, but at 1.5 times, there are some really good opportunities out there for acquisition. Yeah, there's a ton. And and so again, like you said, uh, right, I'm looking at deal stats as, as I'm speaking here. And in the bottom percentile of, of SDE uh, multiple uh, is a one-time multiple. So if you're buying like little landscaping routes, you could probably buy them for a one-time multiple. Now that goes up to the 10th percentile on the other side is a four-time multiple. So that just goes to show you that you could grow value like immediately. You just keep acquiring things and as your business grows, it's going to be worth a bigger multiple. We've talked about that a lot. So, uh, But especially in this industry, I mean, if you already have an existing landscape company, there's a lot of solo landscapers out there that'll just sell their client list for as little as one times earnings. And then if you roll it into your larger company, like you said, I mean, it could be worth four times immediately. So good thing to keep in mind um, while you're listening to this episode. And if you're in the industry or if you're thinking about jumping into an industry, landscaping offers plenty of opportunity. Yeah, we've seen lots of people get into this industry that never had any experience. It's just a good business. Uh, Michael talks about that. And one of the other things that Michael talks about is uh, Michael is from the, he was at PepsiCo and he was at a couple other companies where logistics was um, his big, you know, what he did. He did that in the army as well. So he uh, applied some logistical uh, software to the route and immediately got uh, more profitability. He'll talk about that. It's a great interview. Yeah, yeah. We've so both Michael and John, big time experts in the interview in the industry. We also have a couple good listings of the week and deals of the week to go over today. But hope this show is a good takeaway for you, whether it, you're interested in landscaper or not. I think it's great to dive deep into this these industries to see what kind of variation exists business to business if you're shopping for businesses or if you're thinking about selling. Yeah, we got Tracy Peterson from uh, Delmarva, and he has a great uh, a great listing to go over. So it's 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 a great business. So it's uh, it. I think this is going to be a, I'm so ready for this, uh, this episode because it's just packed with information and this is just a typical business brokerage acquisition, uh, build a business and sell it industry. So this is, if you, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I don't want to listen to landscaping. No, 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 no. You should listen to this one because it's kind of blocking and tackling about buying businesses, growing them, no pun intended and selling them. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't, you know, I think when you're looking to acquire a business or sell a business, it all doesn't always have to be the sexy industries like tech and things like that. I mean, landscaping and industries like landscaping are, are really what build our communities and our economy. Um, and, you know, the, you really don't get much more recession resistant than landscaping. Like Mike says, the grass always grows, right? So, so it should be a great show. Let's jump into it. Let's do it. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888 719 
1-800-273-9098. Hey, we're back and we have a special guest, uh, Michael Shea. We've had Mike on before. He happens to be an expert in the landscaping industry. Uh, he has actually owned landscaping industry, uh, landscaping businesses before. Uh, he has sold multiple of them. And it's an attractive business here in Florida uh, because we do have a year-round climate. But Mike can tell you so much more. Mike, welcome back. And why don't you give us a little bit of background of you know what you're seeing in the landscaping business these days? Sure. Well, thanks for having me back on. Um, as you know, here in Florida, we've sold. I mean, it's, it's an attractive industry. Um, it's part of a overall sixty-five billion-dollar industry, and um, the industry has always been attractive to both small players, and then we've even seen you know larger companies look to get into it, specifically because of the annuity nature of the revenue, the, the repetitive revenue that we see on the maintenance side of the business hedges the risk quite a bit. And relative to other businesses uh, that have higher fixed overhead, um, the landscaping, lawn service, lawn maintenance, even the fertilization business, tend to have much, much stronger margins. We see their profit margins, you know, depending upon the size, when it's an owner-operator, as high as 40% for revenue. And then um, in, the, in the, uh, you know, the larger levels, when you get up around a million, two million in gross revenue dollars, you know, 25 to the 20% profit margin consistently. Yeah. I mean, listen, everybody loves those recurring revenue businesses and you've seen some really big players get into it and including Berkshire Hathaway on some levels. Uh, and so, but, you know, and again, here in Florida, um, uh, where we sell a lot of landscaping businesses, it is a year round thing, but even up North, it's a year round thing because they get into plowing and things like that. But so, you know, and it is attractive because, it is easy to expand through acquisition, right? When I got into the business, um, you know, my, myself and my partner bought uh, a couple small little companies, you know, what, what would have normally been considered mom and pop. Um, and then we would, would buy these businesses, put them together, reroute the operation. And because what we identified in the business was at its core, it was a trucking company. So, the more logistically efficient you could become in terms of services relative to your drive, uh, the more profitable the business became. So, you know, we would buy companies where a route would do 18 stops a day, put it together with an existing route structure and, and get the efficiencies up to 30 stops a day. Um, so, you know, we did that time and time again until we hit certain scaling levels where we had to add some headcount. But that's what, you know, makes it so attractive. At the end of the day, the repetitive customer base can be goldmine for the enhancement revenue, for the mulch, for the tree work, um, for the irrigation work. But that monthly income um, and the margins that come from it can be can be you know improved upon when the more efficient you get in your logistics. Yeah. So if somebody was thinking about going into the land into any business, it's interesting to see people maybe shy away from the business. They're afraid of the labor, or they're afraid of uh, you know, just the logistics of running the equipment, you know, what, what would you say to those type of business? Cause it seems like a solid business to get into. Well, it's funny you should say that. Cause I was having that conversation with someone this morning is often buyers uh, shy away from, from business types because of their perceptions. And what I always tell people, whether it's lawn care or anything else is let's look at the numbers and then look at, you know, why your perception is what it is. Um, 
there are no real bad businesses. There's bad operators. I think you've said that yeah. you know, many times. But in, in the lawn care space, you know, there's a lot of variables that, you know, can be mitigated. So, you know, for example, I often see some larger companies with people who are in the business for a long period of time, and they get tired and worn out of servicing multiple customers because they don't have a good customer, you know, um, you know customer-centric focus on service. And they chase installation because the margins are, or the improvement revenue, because the margins are so much better than maintenance. Now I laugh because maintenance margins run around 25%, which is, you know, outstanding. And, but they chase the, the installation revenue and they go, Hey, you know, that's where the quote unquote money is. It's 50% markup or 75% markup. And I got to go, you know, not all revenue is the same. The annuity revenue has more value. Um, but, you know, sometimes the reason a business is the way it is is because the way the owner runs it or their lack of willingness to look at the business differently. You know, for example, you'll see people who are real one-dimensional in running their lawn service or their lawn company by going all commercial. Well, all commercial customers, some have some wibbles, which creates corresponding problems. When, when we had our landscaping company, we tried to hold a healthy mix of both residential and commercial to hedge the receivables problem that was inherent in that certain type of customer base. There are also, you know, variables that have to do with the type of equipment you run. It may take you an hour to run a property because you're running a 36-inch mower versus you go out and get a 72 and you can do it in a half an hour. And obviously, there's logistical time variables and it's a labor-intensive business. So whenever someone throws out a, you know, a reason an industry is bad, you really have to ask the second question and the third question to determine whether it's a valid baseline. So if someone would... And so- that now being aside, that it's a good business, it has recurring revenues, there are even the uh, things that may dissuade someone from getting in there are just logistical or business points that a good operator can get over. You know, what should someone do when they go to buy or, you know, why should current landscapers go out there and buy more? Like, what are the logistics of buying a landscaping business? So, the things you really look at are, you know, the types of customers that you have. Are they residential? Are they commercial? Then the separate verticals within it, um, because certain types of customers on the commercial side have limits in terms of when those properties can be serviced. So you're always thinking, okay, you know, I have X number of hours in a day to, to run this operation. What are the limit, limiting factors that will prohibit me from being the most profitable and most efficient? Um, then you look at, you know, the demographic data, um, you know, I, I learned some things that not all customers in the residential space are, this, are, are the same. You know, I started, I, I picked up some over 55 communities and I quickly found out that over 55 retirees have a lot more time on their hands so they can pay a lot more attention to detail, which if you're getting to be a bigger company can be a problem. Um, you know, I, I, I started to gravitate towards customers that looked like me and my family where they were double income families. And, you know, the expectation from the, from the, the customer was, Hey, I just want my grass cut. I don't care if there's a little round leaf or a little chinch bug. So, you know, if you're a buyer, you know, in every business, we see this where buyers focus on revenues and margins. There's some other components to it that don't show up on the balance sheet. So location, geography, but believe it or not in the lawn care space here in Florida, you even have to look at such details like the type of grass. Um, is it Bahia? Is it Augustine? Is it Zoiza? Because they have different implications and in, in, in variables. And then regionally, what are the dynamics of a, a business in South Florida? 
one of the really neat things because you and I are both from Jersey where, you know, it's a four month growing season up there and they plow snow here. It's a 12 month growing season, but within the state of Florida, there's even different variables. Like in central Florida, our grass grows only six months out of the year. It basically goes dormant once it hits a certain temperature. That's not the same for South Florida. And subsequently you will see different types of margins within the same region. So, you know, if you're looking at the business, you have to kind of understand what is the market norm. Um, and then what are the, you know, some other stuff like what are the threats to, to, to um, competitive landscape, i.e., you know, in South Florida, um, the service industry has a real low barrier of entry. Literally, you can just get a, a push mower and a pickup truck and you're in business. Um, conversely, some of the more developed properties like the resorts and things like the hotels, you know, those types of customers are going to have higher expectations. They're going to want to, you know, check your horticulture knowledge and things like that. But, you know, the industry is wide open. There are all types of customers for all types of people. And, and what I, I normally see people grow 25, 30% every year. And that seems, you know, massive. But I think, you know, if you're going to get into the business, you've got to think about what it is today and also think about what's it going to be in five years. You, you have to think that way because, you know, one of the mistakes we made when we were growing and, and we were growing through acquisition, we picked up a customer base that had a bunch of hotels over in Melbourne, which is about 45 minutes from central Florida. And about three months into it, I just had to cut them loose because it just didn't make sense for me to drive all the way over there and lose productive um, windshield time for my crews. So, you know, there's all sorts of variables to it. But, you know, as I tell everybody, look at the numbers, ask the questions, get yourself really, really educated, and then go, okay, what does this thing look like in five years? Because you have to plan for that. Because growing is not hard in that business when the service levels are so bad competitively. So it's the landscaping business is a wonderful opportunity, uh, not only in Florida, but throughout the country. And obviously Mike has a lot of knowledge and he could be, and we could be at trans world, uh, not only of service to you, if you want to sell your business, but if you wanted to grow your business, no pun intended, uh, we can certainly help you there as well. So Mike, how best to get in touch with you if somebody wanted to learn more? Yeah, you can reach me at 321-287-0349 or email me, mike at tworld.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on today. And I'm sure we ha- we'll have more questions in the future for you. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Welcome back, everybody. And today for our deal of the week, we have Al Fiakovich joining us from the Transworld Rocky Mountain office. Al, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Jessica. I'm really glad to be here this morning. So you recently closed a deal in the landscaping industry. Tell us a little bit about the business. This is a great business owned by a husband and wife, landscape service business that did snow plowing in the winter, had a really good crew, long tenure, and we found a really great buyer for it. So tell us a little bit more about the buyer. Where did they come from and why did they acquire the business? So we reached out to strategic buyers that wanted to grow through acquisition. So that's how we found our buyer here. I think we probably found them from a mailing. And they had primarily a business that focused on residential and wanted to shift into the commercial work. And um, like we've talked about in our growth or acquisition shows, these are great opportunities for companies that already exist in the industry. And sometimes we get great multiples on them too. So what did this business ultimately end up selling for? This business did about a million dollars in revenue 
and it ultimately sold for about a quarter million dollars. It was a very fast deal. The, the, the buyer clearly knew about the industry. So the sellers were moving to Florida. So they were able to sell their business and their property and get on their way relatively quickly. Well, sounds like a great deal. Al, thank you for joining us again. Thank you, Jessica. Welcome back, everybody. And today, as you know, we're talking all things landscaping and lawn care. And we have another great expert on the show to give us the inside scoop about the industry. I have John Herbert, who is the founder of Herbert Lawns with me. And he started in 1983 in Lakewood, Colorado at the age of 12. So he grew up in a family where if you wanted the extras in life, you had to earn him. He wanted the extras, but he was too young to get a real job. So John started mowing lawns. And now all these years later, here he is with a very successful company in the landscape and lawn care industry. John, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, I mean, I gave the listeners like your back backstory, but why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about Herbert Lawns and what you guys do? Yeah. Um, I literally started the business with a, a bicycle and a lawnmower. And it's funny because sometimes people come to the office and they say, the, the famous story is, oh, I used to mow lawns when I was a kid. And, and I always tease and say, yeah, but I never stopped. So, <laughs> yeah. I so, love, um, I love um, it too. If you guys will drop, you, we'll drop the link to your website in the show notes, but you have a picture of the bike and the lawnmower on your website as well. Yeah, we do. We do. And you're right. You know, I came from a family that if you wanted some extras, you had to pay for half. And, and I didn't know how to make money when I was a kid. So obviously I started mowing lawns and I went to school and got my degree in computer information systems. And the, the industry never really, really bit me. I never really liked the computer industry per se. And I just kept mowing and mowing and mowing. And, and finally we turned it into a, into a real business. And so we, um, we do a lot of lawn mowing. We're actually, the largest residential lawn mowing company in the state of Colorado. Wow. And, and then we have another division that does lawn care, which is a fertilization, aeration, weed control, more of the health care of the lawn. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's funny too. And what really changed things for me was, was this, I had a customer that uh, he lived on the golf course. He had this nice house on the golf course and he worked out of his house. And back then I was actually mowing a lot of lawns myself and he brought me in and he said, Hey John, he goes, I have all these, these tapes, but back then it was cassette tapes. He had this Mm -hmm. library of cassette tapes from, from Nightingale Cone. It was the company. And he goes, he he was in the safety products industry and he goes, you're welcome to rent these out if you want. And he goes, my sales rep never, they usually never take them, but you know, you're welcome to rent them out if you want. And so each week I'd rent out a series. And you couldn't believe all the things I learned and started to implement, you know, in my business. And that really was like a turning point for me because, I mean, I was driving around in my truck learning how to grow my business. And, and I mean, I just learned so much from those. And now there's obviously what you're doing, podcast and, and audio books. But back then it was cassette tapes. Right. Right. Well, that's super interesting. So that sounds, it sounds like that's what you got you passionate in growing the business. You know, once you dove into that and you started growing the business, why did you, why did you stick with lawn care? Like you, like you said, you have a computer science degree, but what was the attraction of the lawn care and landscaping industry for you? You know, um, I really enjoyed a lot of things about it. There was the sense of freedom of being able to, to roam around the city and, and not be stuck behind an office all, all the time. And so that was, 
that was pretty uh, intriguing to me when I was a young kid. And um, I, I love, I, I fell in love with the residential customer base. I, I actually love the customers. And it, it's amazing the amount of resources the United States puts into grass. <laughs> and I'm, I'm in the industry and I think it's crazy. I mean, the amount of money we spend to water, to fertilize, to take care of the weeds, to mow, uh, to take care of our trees, to re-landscape, it's, it's, it's amazing. And so it's, I stayed in it because I really enjoyed it. Plus, it's a very lucrative industry. Right. Right. It is. I mean, every, like we say, I think one of our other guests studied on the show, um, the grass always grows, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, too, to kind of answer the second part of your question there, what do I like about it and how do they get into it? I find in the land, and this is true in a lot of industries, but this is very true in the landscaping industry. Generally, businesses do all kinds of things. And they they do this because they're at a customer's place or they're at the, a commercial customer's place. Whether it's commercial or residential, it really doesn't matter. But that com- customer says, oh, you're mowing our lawn. You're taking care of the, the building. Can you take care of the trees? Can you clean up the leaves? Hey, can you do irrigation systems? And next thing you know, you're doing all kinds of stuff. And for us, I found that we really started to become profitable and we really started to grow when we started specializing on, on one or two services. So we stopped being kind of a jack of all trades, trades, if you will, mm-hmm. and really started to focus on doing just a few things very, very well. Right. Find that niche and really deliver it at a high level. Such great advice, especially in an industry like yours where there's all kinds of revenue opportunities. I mean, just before we, we jumped on the phone here, we were talking about it snowed today and there's a lot of other landscapers and lawn care specialists that do snow removal too, right? So you can even get pulled into a whole other industry. Yeah, it's it's so easy. And, you know, in school and in college, I remember they, they, they taught us these, these things were called line extensions. And the whole philosophy was, well, the hardest part is getting the customer. So why don't you sell them other things? And we kind of took a different approach and said, no, let's just be good at, at one thing and be known for that one thing. And in turn, I find that that makes you more referable to your right. customers because in the lawn care uh, business that we, I'm sorry, in the mowing side of our business, you know, people refer us. And, and it's always funny because you hear them say, and by the way, all they do is mow. So if you want them to do anything else, don't ask them, you know, yeah. so it, it makes us more referable because we are so unique. Right. It's memorable, right? And it's instead of, like you said, jack of all trades where your referral partners or your clients can't remember what you do, they remember exactly what you do because it's so narrow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I I stole that idea. I don't know um, if you're familiar with this, but they're, they're a big tire company called Discount Tire. Yes. I, they just and changed my tires for me, put my snow tires they? on. Yes. Yep. I was, you know, in the winter months, I was in college and, and obviously we, we couldn't take care of lawns in the wintertime. And I was helping a friend who had a painting business and his job was to paint the, the lobby that discount tire is like, you want to come make some extra money? And I go, sure. Yeah, I do. And so I went with him and we started going around town, uh, rolling the inside of these, these showrooms and store after store, I kept seeing people walk in and I kept turning people away because people were asking, Hey, do you do, um, struts. Hey, do you do alignment? And hey, do you do um, this or that? And they go, no, all we do is tires and wheels. And and I was asking some of the managers after I got to know them, 
I said, why do you guys, why are you guys turning away all this business? And they said, hey, our founder has found out that if we're the best at one or a few things, we have more business than we know what to do with. And I kind of copied that philosophy from my experience painting the discount tire showroom. They're they're, they're a master at it. They're They're, really, really good at it. They really are. I had to wait a week to get an appointment to get my tires changed. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, they, they really are. But I mean, it's brilliant. I love that philosophy. But, you know, thinking about this industry, what other keys to success have you found besides like obviously narrowing in one or two services done really well? Like that's, I mean, it's brilliant advice, but what are some other keys to success that you found in your industry? Yeah, you know, I think the the landscaping industry is, is very competitive like most other industries. And I think you have to find a way to differentiate yourself. And it starts with many different things. And and I always go through our business every year and look at all our touch points with our customers. So it, that, that's just any situation, any, any marketing message, anytime you have interaction with a customer, what do those touch points look like, look like? And I remember back in the day I was laying on the couch and laying there for a while. And my wife at the time said, yeah, I think I was there for an hour, like hanging halfway off the couch with my head on the carpet. And she goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm trying to figure out how to answer the phone. Mm-hmm. And she goes, she goes, what do you mean? And I said, we really need to answer our phone in such a way that it's unique. Cause that's kind of a, for us, it was our first impression with our customer, but it can't be too corny, but it's mm-hmm. gotta be memorable. And so we came up with this, this saying, and, and we still do it today. We say, you know, thank you for calling Herbert Lawns. This is John. How can I make you smile today? Mm-hmm. And that kind of takes them in. And then we teach our staff to answer the phone. That's the whole intention of the phone call is what can you do to really make that customer smile on, on the other end? Um, another thing is, is we don't think about this a lot, but what, um, you know, what is your USP, your, your unique selling proposition or your unique, your unique selling position? it's so hard to find this, but you got to come up with something that makes you so different and so unique compared to your competitors. And I mean, you could sit down for for days trying to figure this out, but you've got to come up with something that's totally unique and something that differentiates you from your competition. That's why they'll call you. That's why they'll pay you more. Um, For example, our unique selling uh, position on the mowing side was, we show up. Mm. It's on the side of our trucks. Yep. It's on all our marketing material. It's everywhere. And you might say, well, you're a business. Of course you'd show up. But in the niche of residential lawn mowing, the number one complaint from customers is that their customer doesn't show up because the industry is dominated or that niche is dominated by what we call one chuck trucks. Right. They're one guy in a truck. And so if you answer the phone and show up, I mean, you're drastically different in, in, in that niche of our industry. Right. And sometimes it's as simple as that, you know, something as simple as we show up in a lot of industries, there's, you know, one top customer complaint that if you can solve or you can do better than anybody else, that, that could be your USB. I love how simple it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, another thing that's really helped us become successful is we really have spent a lot of our time learning marketing. Uh, it, back in the day, 
it was it was all offline marketing. It was learn it was learning direct mail and things like that. And, and now it's it's not only that, but it's learning the digital side of things. Right. And it's so important to to understand that, you know, we think we're landscapers, we think we're lawn care folks, but reality as business owners, we're really, in my mind, marketers because. Our number one goal is to get and keep customers. And so I always say to our staff, I go, hey, we're a marketing company. We just happen to be in the lawn care business. So and true. that's the way that's the way we kind of run our business and, and treat it. And so that's hugely important. And, you know, as far along with that is to, to be successful when you're marketing, you have to track everything. And. You know, I'm always amazed when, when you call a business and they never ask you how you heard about them. And we, we're adamant. I'd always tease, tease the office staff. I go, I don't care if you forget their phone number. Do not forget to ask how they heard about us because I'm tracking our marketing. I'm, I'm dividing up the numbers to see if that piece or that source is working for us. And it doesn't have to be a whole bunch of things you track. But you've got to find out where people are coming from and what type of media, what type of sources are profitable ways for you to acquire customers. And that also can set you apart from a lot of your competitors. Right. I, I, I mean, I love that. We're all marketers as business owners. And one of the things I love about the proliferation of marketing is that there's there's so many ways, like you touched on, that you can track everything now, right? And there's a lot of lower cost ways to do marketing. I think the tough thing is always figuring out which one works, but because you can track everything now, you can see what works and then amplify that going forward. So I love that you track it. I love that you have your staff ask how they've heard about you. We do the same in our business, but it's, it's, it's one really easy way to get ahead in your industry. So John, before we wrap up, you know, this show obviously is about people buying and selling businesses. And we have a lot of listeners thinking about purchasing a business in your industry, in the landscaping industry. What advice would you give to somebody looking to purchase a business in the landscaping industry, maybe for the first time? Yeah. Uh, there, there's some things, there's, there's a lot of things to look at. Uh, you know, the, the first thing that, that's always important to me, and this is more of a personal preference, I would say, um, among other things, but I happen to like repeatability in products or services. So, you know, if I'm looking at the, the landscaping businesses, I'm looking for, for one of their divisions or, or even their, their core business to have some type of, of repeatable revenue. Um, I love that because it takes so much money to get a customer. I want them, I want to, I want to get a customer and I want to service them for life if I can. And so I'm looking for some type of repeatability. Um, and also what's important is that, um, I think is really important is, is, is the owner, the, the past owner of the business, because when you buy a business, you really need some help, especially if you're coming from outside the industry, right. but a great owner can stick with you, uh, for a long time and, and, you know, help you along the way. I know a lot of times they'll, They'll set up a contract and say, hey, I'll, I'll give you training for six months. But I've met owners and have been involved with owners that will pretty much train you for life. I mean, 10 years down the road, if you're still running that business, you have a question, they're more than happy to say, hey, let me see if I can help you out. So I really like working with and doing a deal with someone that I really have confidence in because 
that not tells me not only tells me a lot about them, but it tells me a lot about how they run their business and how they treat their staff and probably how they treat their customers. Right. Yeah. I mean, it has, it shows that they have confidence in the business and that they do the right thing by their customers, their staff. I love that. And the transition plan is super key. And, and you're right. The owners that want to see a a good transition of the business really deeply care about their staff and employees and the business going on. So great advice. Well, John, before we wrap up, it would be remiss if I didn't ask you to share how somebody could get in contact with you guys if they would like some long care services in Colorado. Yeah, the, the best way to reach us is in our, on our website at uh, herbertlawns.com, which is my last name, herbertlawns.com. And we will drop that into the show notes too for spelling. Um, so if any of you want to reach out to John, if you have any further questions or if you guys are in need of landscape services coming up soon, um, please feel free to reach out. But John, thank you so much. Such great advice today. True expert in your industry. I mean, doing it since the age of 12, you don't get much more expertise than that. And thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thank you. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time. Almost. It's time for Listing of the Week. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And it is Listing of the Week. And I am very lucky to have a great agent, Tracy Peterson from Transworld Business Advisors of Delmarva on the line. And we are talking about landscaping. He's got a great listing. And uh, welcome, Tracy. Thank you very much, Andy. Thanks for having me. And And this really is a, a great listing. Yeah, and, and you are in Maryland, just if people don't know where, where Delmarva is, right? Yeah, Delmarva is short for Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. And uh, we're about an hour away from Washington and Baltimore across the Bay Bridge, the Chesapeake Bay Bridge. And we have all of Maryland's eastern shore, which includes five resorts, uh, which is nice, as well as the whole state of Delaware. Right. That's great. And uh, you guys are doing a great job and you got a great listing. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Sure, sure. Uh, again, it's a landscaping company. Um, it's uh, it's about 22 years old. I call it an American dream business because it started with, uh, the owner started it with a pickup and a mower. Mm. Uh, and uh, it, he kind of started to grow it. He hired another person for a, for a second mower. And that gentleman is actually his right-hand man to this day. Wow. So he's got a lot, lot of longevity, and, and the guy's very knowledgeable about the business. Um, and he, out of the pickup, uh, in 2018, he had sales of uh, $2.5 million. Uh, He's got an SBE right around $450,000, uh, which is an 18% margin, which is nice. He's, he's run this business very well. And uh, the owner right now is asking $2.2 million for it. And and there is property involved, right? There is property uh, if if you want it. You can either buy the business, uh, including property or not. The land is uh, about 16 acres. There's a, a house that's been converted to offices, a large parking lot for all the vehicles, multiple outbuildings. Um, he actually has a mechanic on staff who has his own mechanic uh, shed, so to speak. Right. Um, there's three greenhouses, uh, bays for... Uh, ground cover rocks mulch all that and the land's available for eight hundred and seventy five thousand dollars wow that sounds like a great deal and i i I bet that could be financed right absolutely and actually the the owner uh has has been really willing to be creative with his financing too 
uh, he's moving on to another career. And uh, so he's uh, he's anxious to get this sold and move on. Well, it sounds like an, an, an amazing American dream kind of listing that someone could take this business. And, you know, we love the landscape uh, space. We've been talking about it today. Uh, it's something that you could absolutely build on just like uh, this owner did. And you could take it even to the next level. So, uh, Trace, yeah, Tracy, what's the best way to get in touch with you if somebody wants more information about this business? Well, you can uh, look us up at Transworld Delmarva, of course, uh, or you can call 443-523-5770. Sounds like a great listing. Tracy, thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. You guys have a great rest of the day. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.